Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Hey, we're back. It's Monday, July 20th. Um, And thank you for all the great feedback on the series we started last week and the title of the shows that we started last week, or at least the content, what we are presenting on is called... Never ever say these things to yourself. Don't say them out loud. Do not pollute your friends and family with these. (laughs) Keep, you know, don't even let it happen in your own brain. Stuff you're not allowed to say to yourself anymore. These are the uh, Tim and Julie's banned words and phrases list, basically. We uh, do our best to prevent ourselves from saying these things, certainly uh, people in our family, but also uh, all of our coaching clients and hopefully all of you guys as well. Because when you really think about some of these phrases that you say, you just say them without thinking. But what you don't realize is you're triggering a whole bunch of subconscious thoughts that go around with whatever that you know, nasty little thing is that you just said to yourself or rather thought about yourself, um, that limiting belief then uh, has a tendency to manifest into other, you know, more pernicious limiting beliefs. And then you basically spend days, weeks, months wondering where all the time went and you don't have anything to show for all your efforts. And you're always just someone who feels like a victim, like you got left out, like you, you know, don't have the advantages that other people have, or you don't have somehow the, you know, education or all these other limiting beliefs you have about yourself. So go back and listen to the past podcast starting from last Tuesday, I believe. And Julie and I are going to pick up where we left off on Friday. Friday. And also, please do listen to our uh, Sunday debrief shows. They're the shows that have a tendency to give us the most um, positive audience reaction and feedback. You guys seem to really like those shows where Julie and I just sort of vamp about wherever the hell we want to talk about, sometimes for an hour, sometimes two hours. So do go back and listen to the Sunday podcast shows. Um, I think they're the ones that where we allow ourselves the most freedom to talk about whatever really is on our minds. Because during these weekly shows, we're trying to put ourselves in a mindset of, you know, really being coaches and focusing on how we can help you guys um, be drilled down. What the heck are you doing, woman? The stuff's malfunctioning. Anyway, it's okay. Proceed. I'm listening. Yeah, of course, all your iWatches and iWhatever are no, malfunctioning. It's, it's because it's getting ready for the upgrade cycle that happens at the end of the year. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. Your computer, your Land iPhone, they all start having going. you know glitches about the same time that they're offering the new shiny uh, model. Of course. of course, that's the way it works. So yes, go back and listen to those podcasts. And, and again, there is a difference in the, uh, I think, the nature of how we do the show Sunday versus during the week. During the week, we're drilled down. We're helping you guys uh, to you know hopefully educate you, motivate you, and get you into action. Whereas on Sunday, we're just kind of chilling. And some of you guys like the chilling version of us better. I think I like the chilling version of us better, too. What do you think? I prefer the green parrots flying overhead. <laughs> we, do the, we do the Sunday show outside. So we're, we always have uh, noise pollution to contend with. One of macaws the other day. What? Yeah, the Seriously? big, colorful, yeah, in the top of one of the palm trees. That's oh, the are you serious? Yeah, I'm watching it. I thought you meant they had macaws actually yeah, as in pets? as pets. No, no, they're flying around. The so huge, have, colorful yes, ones yes, that look yes. like... They had one of each different colors on each side of their palm tree. Neighbors here or yeah, neighbors yeah, in another yeah, part? Yeah. Wow. So keep Where'd keep you see it? Did you see it because someone told you? Facebook posts. Oh, wow. That's cool. 
Yeah. I would try to talk Julie into getting macaws as pets, but no. then she did a little research and showed me that the things are going to probably outlive us by a good bit, so that might be a bad I'm idea. Not clipping feathers and filing beaks. I got enough to deal with. That's right. <laughs> I'll just appreciate the wild ones. Yeah. Well, so Julie, you just, before we get yeah. to our first point, picking up where we mm-hmm. left off on Friday, mm-hmm. you uh, just had a bunch of coaching calls. Yes. And you also did our premier uh, semi-private group call, uh-huh. you know, and we, again, if you guys are not in the premier coaching program, there's two versions of it. There's the free version, which is called premier-experience.net. And if you want to get into that program, just text the word survival to 31996, text the word survival to 31996. And, you know, full disclosure, the, the uh, free version obviously is a vastly scaled back version of the one that you get when you become an actual full-fledged member of uh, Premier Coaching. But Premier Coaching members and the Premier members do get a daily semi-private coaching call. Now, the Premier members starting hopefully in August are going to start having not just the daily semi-private um, you know, where they call in, it's like a webinar type format where they can ask questions and have their questions answered by uh, Julie or one of our other great coaches. But starting in August, we're also the premier members are going to get an enhancement that costs nothing extra. Where after the usually 45 minute to an hour long webinar where they get their questions answered and a lot of agents just uh, attend just to listen, just to hear what other questions that other people are asking. Um, and then they learn from that. But then after that, right after that, we're going to be doing a live on our members only Facebook page, we're going to be doing a live, uh, you know, continuation of the semi-private coaching call just in video. And that's just for the full-fledged members. So all of this is coming to you guys free. We are doing a huge upgrade to the premier coaching. It's things that you guys didn't even ask for, hadn't even conceived. We're adding a whole marketing suite. We're adding all kinds of amazing things that I think you guys are going to be really impressed with. Um, we're adding also a whole bunch of new communication tools, just all kinds of stuff. I actually don't want to spill the beans because I'm looking forward to announcing it, hopefully in August or September. Um, August, September, October timeframe, somewhere in there, we should have everything done. But yeah, so lots of cool things happening. We are doing our best to enhance what we're doing um, because of the coronavirus. And hopefully you guys are thinking along the same lines, you know, opposed to just essentially hiding under your staircase and waiting for the next report of whatever states had a spike and increase in this, the other thing, whatever zombie apocalypse they're, you know, predicting next, we are focusing on how we can be of a, you know, more service and do a better job for all of you guys. That's, we are practicing what we preach. We are absolutely positively focusing on the worse the news gets, the scarier some of the headlines get. We are thinking, okay, how can we help all of our podcast listeners, our coaching clients, our book purchasers, how can we help all the literally the tens of thousands of you guys that tune into us every single day get through, you know, obviously what's going to be a very challenging economy. That's where we focus. And I'm hoping you guys pick that up and focus your same energies along the same lines, because if you're focused on being of higher level of service to your, you know, your obvious buyers and sellers and everyone else in your community, then you're going to be wanting to do the same thing we're doing naturally. So if you're in alignment with your highest and truest purpose on this planet, which is being of service to other people, which by the way, it absolutely is, then the next natural thing for you to do after that is say to yourself, well, what can I be doing to actually be a higher and better service to other people? What is it that I'm lacking? Where is it that, you know, where, where is it we can actually do, or you know, if you're an individual practitioner, where, where is it I can actually do a better job to be of service to our people? And that's where coaching comes in. That's what we're all about. So you guys see how all of us, even though you know there's tens of thousands that will eventually listen to this podcast, we're all in alignment about our mission. It's ultimately to be of service to other people. And along those lines, Mrs. Harris, uh, yes. talk about some of the things that were topics on your um, all your coaching calls, but especially the premier coaching call. I would 
would say that overall I'm seeing evidence of the beginning of a market shift. Not everywhere, but evidence by cases like, well, I've had this listing that I thought was priced right on the market since April. I've had 17 showings, one not very acceptable offer for various reasons. Do you think it's overpriced? Okay, and I go back to, according to NAR, two weeks or 10 showings. If you don't have something workable, you are overpriced. You have missed the market regarding price. Um, and it's not just that case. I, I've had several where the, the commentary was, seems like it should have sold by now. What do I do? And you know, a lot of these agents aren't used to having long-term relationships with their sellers. So that's one thing. I have had several individual calls with agents reporting inventory rising. One of which uh, said it oh, just over the weekend rose by roughly 20%. Wow. So, you know, these are maybe early warning signs. You remember what market, Jules? Northern Virginia. Wow, that's a hot market too. And it is a hot market. And now, this same agent also reported multiple offers on several of her listings over the weekend. And, you know, still things are selling fairly quickly and probably much of that inventory will burn off. But the point is that it didn't exist until now. Well, that reminds me, not to, not to <clears throat> yeah. you know, get you off your train of okay. thought here, but that reminds me of what we saw back in like, remember when it was like an 06, really it was maybe later stages totally. of 05, but 06, 07, the markets would do that. They were going through these ebbs and flows. These, you know, the market would sell off all the inventory, things yeah. would be selling in microseconds with competing offers. Then all of a sudden, almost like the next week, yeah. there would be a crap ton of inventory. And then it went through the cycle of building and then selling off, building and selling off until then one day it built and it didn't sell off. I it, remember that because I remember specifically Las Vegas would fluctuate it was between Vegas. like 9,000 listings and 15,000 listings and then it would fall back and then it'd go up. The markets that yeah. Julie and I watch are San Diego, we watch Las Vegas, we watch Miami, we watch Columbus, Ohio, because mostly we have rentals there and that's where we're from. Yeah. Um, we, we sort of watch Seattle, but not really because it's LA such and yeah, DC certain parts of LA, not all of LA. Yeah. We watch the markets where we have a high concentration of coaching clients. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, we want them to stay drilled down and our commitment to them as coaching clients is we're looking at the horizon provided they're always looking at the next step because we don't want them to lose out on opportunities. Yep. And we also watch Austin too, another diverse market. Some of these markets though, it's kind of fascinating, are going to be somewhat re uh, recession resilient, right? They're not going to have mm -hmm. the same effect as say, for example, you know, a market that doesn't have a real diversity of employment opportunities. Well, like Vegas would be the obvious. Exactly. I mean, Vegas is, well, okay, so that goes to getting, I'm sorry, get your train back on your well, tracks so, with other things. So evidence of things changing a little bit would be higher inventory, request for price reduction scripting, agents being confused why something that seems like it should have gone right away hasn't. Um, I'm starting to see more cut appraisals. That's, That's what I want to talk to you about, actually. Yes. Um, and that comes in a couple of different flavors. I mean, the obvious one is it came in under appraised value. What are you going to do about it? If that's a couple of grand, that can be solved pretty easily. But I'm seeing larger amounts and a higher frequency of cut appraisals. Then we also see a phenomenon of buyers that had, quote, guaranteed the appraised difference that didn't think they'd have to do it. And they were rolling, you know, they were speculating. And now they're like, well, what do you mean it was by that much? So lots of different negotiating and strategy going on. And I think it really depends on your local market, your local price range. And, you know, two subject properties are not the same. 
So early warning signs. We told you guys how we yeah. pay really close attention to the BPOs. We pay attention to BPOs more than we do notice defaults because the notice defaults reporting is totally and completely monkeyed with. It's not mm -hmm. to be trusted. So we pay attention to the BPOs. And BPOs are one of the only, uh, I, get, I guess what you would call a... Um, uh, data point that is not reported on any sort of government, you know, report. There's no index for it. There's no index for it, right? So nobody knows what the notice defaults is. And the reason that we know to pay attention to it is because, again, back in late 05, 06, we started to see the notice defaults uh, slowly increase, and then they just spiked. Now, along those lines, I wrote two things down while Julie was talking. The next thing that we look out for, and you all will see this as well, is cut appraisals. And it, like Julie said, if it's just a couple grand, no big deal. The buyer will just probably make it up or the seller will reduce. Or they'll split it or whatever. Right. But yeah. the banks, and here's how, how it happens. The banks are going to start getting real sketch about va uh, property values if they suspect the market's going to be going in the opposite direction. So watch for the appraisals. Watch for banks starting to basically get real gun shy about loaning on houses. And so if there's an appraisal issue, uh, you know, there's going to have to you're going to have to learn how to negotiate through that. Doesn't just mean the deal is dead. It means that you need to have the skill set to put the deal back together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it means the seller takes the hit and the buyer, you know, pays a little bit more. You know, we've had we've coached agents sometimes where the where the numbers make sense that maybe the it's split four ways seller buyer mm -hmm. and the two listing agents who know or the two well, you know, the, agents the message is don't let the deal die and, right and in all the cases that i've heard so far today and yesterday um the deal lives on right okay and so but but these were primarily with experienced agents okay so that have seen this before don't give up so fast and have pre-coached their clients, because these are mostly stories from our coaching clients, mm -hmm. have pre-coached their clients that, hey, you know what? We need to have a plan if this happens. That's right. So, yeah. So here, write this different. down. This is a not an this is not an official Harris rule, but it maybe should be. Mm. <laughs> Some money is better than no money. Yes. And as we enter, if you're seeing an appraisal issue on one of your um, closings, and you're, you know, the listing agent, just remember some money is better than no money. And if the numbers make sense, you might want to get it back together because the first offer might be the best offer. And that's another kind of funny thing that people is. don't even say anymore. Mm -hmm. But in a normal market, let alone a market that's transitioning like this one's going to be transitioning in a very obvious way, you're going to definitely see that to be true, that your first offer is going to be your best offer. Mm -hmm. So the next thing that you can also basically pay attention to, and this is something that the markets are really worried about, is come March, you're going to see a, a potential for, uh, or you guys remember last March when the mortgage markets freezed up. I was reading my notes wrong. So last March when the mortgage markets freed up, that was because, or, or they froze up, sorry, because they were worried about the fact that the um, essentially the economy was going to take a turn. And they were worried about having backstops in the loans. They were worried about essentially having to take losses on these loans. And so there is now a movement in, in place from internal of all these big mortgage servicers, FA, what are all the different acronyms, Julie? FHFA, FHA, exactly. So, so what the prediction is happening, and remember, I told you this: that if the um, for when the forbearances start running out and the enhanced unemployment runs out this week, so those of you who know people or are on enhanced unemployment, that's gone this week, and it does not look like there's any real, you know, movement of afoot in any of the the uh, stimulus proposals to increase or include or you know 
continue Again, along, yeah. right, any sort of enhanced unemployment. So you're going to probably mostly see people that were living off the unemployment, the enhanced unemployment mostly, mm -hmm. they're now going to have no income or not enough income to support a house payment. And so those houses are going to have to start going into some form of, you know, obviously a distress sale. The distress sale starts out as basically a seller who needs to sell. And you need to learn how to pre-qualify that seller and actually get the real root motivation out of them. If they are, and this is the unfortunate thing, what most of these sellers will do is they'll call you. They're not going to have jobs and they're not going to have the ability to make the payment, or they're going to have some ability to make the payment for a certain amount of months, as in two or three, maybe, because they're borrowing the money. But they want to price it to yesterday's market because for them, that's all the money in the world. Because guess what? It might be all the money in the world. Whatever equity they perceive, they still have in the house. That's already happening. I'm already getting reports of that. So they're going to overprice the house mm -hmm. and they're going to actually then basically run through the savings and their ability to make the payment and then they're going to basically be a true distress sale so they're distressed or shall we say stress sale but as soon as they run out of their ability to make the payment or no more people willing to lend to them then it's going to be a distress sale that's the cycle you as a real estate professional helping someone save a you know essentially you're going to help people and maybe help save as much of their equity as possible in some cases you actually might be able to help them save the house too but you're gonna to have to learn that in coaching you need to pre-qualify them to actually help them understand how, you know, what the importance of them uh, selling quicker, what the market's going to be like 60, 90 days from now. But you yeah. need to pre-qualify them and be willing to ask the hard questions so you can actually be of service to them. Okay, so stop right there for a second. Yes, ma'am. This is another weakness in our batch of licensees these days, okay? They are not accustomed to having those conversations with sellers. They're not accustomed to having conversation about, you know, how long can you sustain the payment? Tell me about your situation about, you know, let's get out now while we can preserve what equity exists. Because the longer you wait and the more money you spend, you could end up as a short sale. But if you sell now, you're not a short sale. Yeah, you're going to have to pay some fees if you miss some payments. You're going to have to make the bank square. But you still have equity left yep. because of the market run up. Okay, so agents are not used to having those conversations. You, They're used need, to saying, here's what your check's going to be at closing. So you guys need to think about what you just said. Yes, the sellers are in a position where they can't make the payment, okay? And yes, they're not going to have the big check that they hope they would because they're selling into what's going to be a down market. But the reality of it is, is they, they a lot of these guys are going to make the mistake of just basically bailing on the house or panicking and, um, you know, essentially not putting the house for sale at all. They're just going to not know what to do. Right. You need to be able to help, excuse me, conversations with them where you make it very clear, Mr. Mrs. Seller, this is how much your check can be at closing if we sell it in the next 30 days, if we sell it in the next 60 days, 90 days, and I can't really forecast and any. And then uncertainty. Yeah, then uncertainty, right. I can't really go beyond that. So the reality of it is, is this is the check, give or take, that I'll be able to help you have from the sale of this property if we price it correctly for this market, if we price it in, a, in such a way that it meets the market's expectations. If we price it there, and we show you how to do this in coaching, we mm -hmm. show you how to use MLS data to show them literally how to price the house. And it's not just a bunch of bullshit graphs. It's actually stories. The stories are what you're going to, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I'm holding myself back from telling you guys pricing stories right now because you because Julie wants to get to the next point. Well, but, but just the concept of telling stories we talked about on today's premiere. Oh, you did? Call. Okay. That's funny. Because that's another thing we haven't had to deal with. Right. Okay. Which is this, when you're delivering what will probably be stressful news. And in this case, actually, we're talking about buyers having to do stuff that they probably don't want to do to win. 
but it's also sellers pricing it in such a way. That you mean they on your think, coaching call today, yeah. you were talking about it from the buyer's perspective. Yes. So there, yeah. there's a lot of different places in real estate where you can use this concept. The concept is stop making it about them because when you tell a story about what happened to someone else, like their neighbors down the street or your past clients or what have you, they start listening to you because it's not about them. You've removed right. their ego. This is another level of skill that a lot of agents haven't used yet. Okay, so the, the case that we had was, you know, buyers having to lose a, a house two or three times because they get outbid because they're not willing to do what it takes. You also have this scenario when you're asking a seller to take a price that maybe they didn't think they were going to get. It's a little lower than they thought. So it's not about them. You tell a story about, you know, Joe and Susie down the street that were in the same situation just last week. And boy, are they glad to be in contract now. So what Julie's telling you is really what we're, when we, you know, harp on the whole idea of skills, that's what we're talking about. The ability to basically deliver information in such a way that they're willing to listen. Right. And there's a lot of little phrases that we teach you in coaching too. You know, they're just different things you can do to make it so that you have permission to tell them something you don't necessarily want to hear. And one of the, my favorites is, you know, Julie, is it okay that I tell you something you might not want to hear, even if this something makes you a little bit mad, maybe even a little scared? Do I have permission to tell you something like that? Sure. And boy, am I listening to you now, right? Exactly. And so you have her undivided. Yeah divided ego-free attention but for not long, though, right, it, yeah. for not long, maybe 15 or 20, maybe 30 seconds. But at that point, you've been able to make your point. That point, you've been able to cut through, you know, your fear of being rejected and their, and your fear of how they're going to react to what you have to say. Remember, ultimately, you're there to solve a problem. Now, even in an up market where houses are selling themselves, you're there to solve a problem. But now you are really there to solve a problem. And if you don't go equipped, if you know, it's the toolbox thing, right? You walk into a seller's house in the market that was, you know, let's say pre-COVID, the pre-COVID real estate mm -hmm. market, and you didn't really need even to walk in with your toolbox. In most cases, basically, you could just walk in with a, you know, let's throw a spitball price and you'd get it. And now mm -hmm. what you're dealing with is having to walk into the seller's house with a full toolbox of all kinds of different tools. It's not just enough to walk into the house with a toolbox. You actually have to know how to use the tools. You have to be able to not just know how to use the tools, but you have to know how to, how to identify what problem that house has and what tool you're supposed to use. So you might know how to use a pipe wrench, for example, but if you can't actually get it whatever, wherever the leaking pipe is, you're not going to solve the problem. This is what this is the reason that in this market, different types of agents, skilled agents are the ones that clean up mm -hmm. because they're the ones that took the time to learn while they were earning. And that's another critical thing. I, you know, you guys make this mistake. Everyone makes this mistake. You know, I'm going to learn about the different things I'm supposed to be doing at the gym. I'm going to watch a bunch of videos. I'm going to study a bunch of things knowing how to, you know, I'm going to learn about diet and nutrition. It, you know, so when are you actually going to go to the gym and, you know, lose the weight? Oh, no, I have given myself six months to study what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. No, that's a huge mistake. That keeps you fat and unhealthy, right? So the move is to learn while you're earning. Actually learn on the job. That's going to force you because of the pressure of actually having to do the transaction to learn faster. And that's what we're here for. We are your coaches. We are going to get you through this, you know, the shifting, changing market. And don't be scared of it because of the fact that markets like this create more opportunities. And fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, the opportunities are often created for a different set of agents. And if you are a set of, if you're an agent now who's riding high and you're having a great year and you're kicking butt and you know, you're thinking to yourself, why well, know it all? I promise you, you're the one that's going to take in the chin the hardest. 
You're the one that's actually going to put yourself in a position where you're going to lose ground, where you're going to have financial trouble. How do I know this? Because you're the type of agent, the one that says right now, I know it all. I know what to do. You're the type of agent that's going to call me this time next year. And you're going to say, I wish I would have listened. I had so many coaching calls from new coaching clients last year. I'm sorry, last year in 2007, about not so September of 2007 is when Julie and I say the housing crash actually started because that's when the first subprime lender actually failed. I think it was called New Century. It was in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And then the dominoes started to fall. But the market says, well, it's 2008. No, it was way before that. And where did it actually really start to to, show itself, the market correction, was in 06. That's where Julie and I really started to see it. Mm -hmm. So we're now telling you officially, without a shadow of a doubt, that the same early warning signs are now, I'd say, middle warning signs. They're not even early anymore. And they're absolutely happening. And they're absolutely going to affect your market in differing levels. So be prepared. And don't be afraid and be ahead of the curve. And if you guys want to join the free coaching program, just text the word survival to 31996. So Julie, let's get to our next point. Yes. Okay. And I lost track of what number we're on. Well, let me see. Let me, or here, let me, let me pick we're, your screen. We're right about here, unless you talked about that Let me look. No, I think we stopped at presentations, canned presentations. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So whatever number we're on, we have, uh, and there's a couple of flavors of this. My education level, whether that's high or low, well, agents use both versions, keeps me from succeeding. So you can you can say, well, you know, I mean, I, I was a bartender before I was in real estate. I don't know if I can hack this. Or you can say, and we actually have a real honest-to-God rocket scientist from the Jet Propulsion Lab as a coaching client. Right. It'd be easy for her to say, well, I mean. I'm way too educated to deal with this. Well, I mean, but the, you, you, there's different flavors right. of it all along the road. Too much education or not enough education. And, and here's the yeah. wonderful thing about real estate. Your education level, I hate to tell you all this with a lot of education, it does not matter Mm-mm. because you are a level playing field. And that's one of the things that I love so much about real estate. We literally have people that graduated from the most elite Ivy, Ivy League schools with MBAs and PhDs. Oh, yeah. We have former jet pilots. We have, yes, LeGrand, I'm talking about you if you're listening. Mm -hmm. We have all kinds of amazing people. And you know what? When they get into real estate, they are literally operating at the same exact level as just like Julie and I were when we got into real estate. I mean, when we got into real estate, we got into Ohio State University. You know, we studied English. We're just going for whatever got us out of there the quickest. And we had a car cleaning and detailing business. We looked like we were about 12 and 13. (laughs) You know, we did. We had no previous experience in real estate, no previous training in anything that we had to do. In our first year in business, we sold 103 houses. Yeah, well, because you all have the same opportunity. You all have to take the same continuing ed credit. So nobody's going to get ahead (laughs) of you in education and real estate. But you all have the same opportunity, you know, when when a for sale by owner puts their sign in the yard, the phone number's there for you, it's there for me. A lot of people, and uh, Julie and I are, uh, EX, we're associated with EXP, Julie's an EXP agent, and if you want to talk to us about joining our EXP team, please feel free to text me at 512-758-0206. So again, I'd love for you guys to uh, speak with me about joining our EXP team, and the number is 512-758-0206. But um, on the uh, Workplace Facebook group with EXP, it is fascinating to me because I'm starting to see a real bifurcation just reading the posts of the agents who are embracing the fact that this is a new market that they can now learn and they can earn at the same time. They don't have to wait for someone to tell them, okay, now it's your opportunity to become a listing agent. You've sold enough houses to buyers. They know that they can forge their own path. And I see it's not a lot, but I definitely see 
there's this, you know, as we've been telling you guys, it always happens during a market shift. There's a new generation of agents that are starting to figure it out. Hey, guess what? I might not have all the tools in my toolbox that somebody else might have been born with, right? But I know I can work harder. I know that I can basically get my skill set up. I know I can, you know, not ignore the FISBO when I drive by it every day. <laughs> I can actually make the phone calls that other people uh, aren't willing to make. It's where our the core saying that Julie and I do our best to pound into everyone's conscious minds, not just subconscious, is if you want ever-increasing long-term levels of success, the key is to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. In other words, you can actually earn millions, tens of millions of dollars in this industry because you're willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, mm -hmm. and you're doing it when you don't want to do it, not just when you feel like it, and you're doing it at the high, highest level, which, you know, requires you to have a skill set. That's one of the core reasons so many people yeah. get into real estate. You're snickering. Why? You just gave me a flashback from where you were talking about, you know, caring and competent agents and skilled agents win. I had a call on uh, Premier that uh, one of our coaching members did an open house. Somebody came in and said, can you help me? My listing agent, I'm not happy with them right now. Okay, <laughs> get this. This is a new one. And so our coaching client, of course, is trained to ask lots of questions. And she said, well, tell me more about your situation. Maybe I can help you. And they said, I kid you not, they said, you know, I signed a contract at the end of April, uh -oh. a listing contract at the end of April. It's still not in the MLS as best <sighs> I can tell. And I don't know, is this normal? My listing agent asked me to take pictures and send them to them. <laughs> Really? Like, are you going to have to pound the sign too? I mean, that that's like serious lazy. Do they have a sign? And and worse than that, because our agent was asking what to do about it, and I asked, you know, do they have a broker or, God help us, are they their own broker? And, of course, they're also a one-person show, their broker that's actually You mean her list, the listing agent? The, the fail, failing listing right. agent. And, you know, like, how lazy can one person get? First question is, when does your listing more. expire, though, just for the yes. record? Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, right. That, that's just crazy. So, that, anyway, don't act like that. <laughs> um, all right, so this is, I think, a similar thing that you're not allowed to say. Uh, that, whatever that may be, uh, listing or transaction or type of deal, is out of my league. Agents use that all the time. That's not my cup of tea. It's out of my league. It's above my pay grade, whatever. What you're really saying is I'm not willing to learn how to help that person. So, you know, walk away from that potential commission. That's up to you. So here's, I think it's baloney to say that. And Julie, you'll have to remind me if this is a Harris rule. Yeah. Especially in a market like this, you're not allowed to say no, right? In a market like this, you have to say yes to every opportunity. Say yes and then figure it out. And what you're going to discover, the more transactions you do, the difference between selling a gazillion dollar house and selling a you know one dollar house, the difference is virtually nothing. Yes, you true. think it's a huge big chasm of all these, you know, you watch HGTV and you think that somehow you're supposed to basically, you know, have these magical interpretations of design and yeah. art deco. And you somehow are supposed to know the difference between federal and Georgian and you're not. No, you'll pick that up and it, it's not critical anyway. Exactly. What they're actually wanting and the reason that they'll hire you is because guess what? They want one thing. They want the property sold or if it's a buyer, they want to buy a house. So don't be That's intimidated right. by it. Don't talk yourself out of business. So, you know, when Julie and I sold real estate, we would have sometimes really expensive houses and we would have occasionally really, you know, dodgy houses because we always said, yes, we fought 
to not let the marketplace, and by marketplace, I mean mostly the other agents, pigeonhole us. That's right. Because that's one of the things that's going to happen. Like, you know, our upper end agents that we have personal coaching relationships with, there were maybe their average sale price last year was, say, for example, four or five million. And now, you know, we've made it so that the market absolutely understands by essentially uh, marketing in a lot of cases, calling, doing just different things to let the market know that guess what? Not only do you sell those more expensive ones, but you also sell ones for less than a million. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the market's going to, and by, again, market, the competing agents are going to just say, oh, you don't want to hire Tim and Julie because all they sell is expensive stuff. They don't know about anything in this particular price mm -hmm. range. That's the reason you have to always say yes. And you have to remind your market that you sell it all. What was the old saying from the 90s? I sell it all, all big, big and, and small. small. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, that's really true. So you're, the Harris rule is if they are motivated, you have to say, yes, it's my pleasure. How may I help you? If they're not motivated, they're probably going to overprice it or if they're a buyer, they'll have unrealistic expectations. So barring those two things, if they're motivated and they have to sell, you have to help them, okay? Unless maybe they're crazy or abusive or something unusual. Um, I hear it all the time. You know, I, I would take that listing, my gosh, it's just so ugly. And I, I say, well, you're not buying it, are you? You know, well, if the seller's motivated. Right, exactly. Who cares? Right, exactly. Who so cares go, if it's five minutes out of your normal area? Yep. It, yeah. You know, so this, so I many had, rules, you know, that they have built up. I had this conversation and you deal with this all the time, you know, and you coach our coaches to, you know, look for this issue. If your sale price, if your average sale price is essentially within a stone's throw of the cost of the house you live in, yeah. you're creating that reality. That's because true. what you're doing is you're being fearful of the houses that are more expensive than yours. And this is a real plague. It's a mindset issue primarily. So explain to someone how you, how you help them push through that when you find that to be a recurring yeah. issue. Well, you know. so, and it's almost always, you're right, it's almost always going up, it's almost never going down. Although occasionally agents will get themselves into a neighborhood they're not that comfortable with in a lesser price range, so take somebody with you and figure that out. But with regards to going up market, Tim's right, whatever you live in is your comfort zone, plus maybe 50 grand either side, okay? So this is fear of the unknown and lack of exposure. So go preview and work your way up the price range. Now, yes, in some of your areas, you have to preview only online, but you can still become familiar. You can go to new construction. What does a new construction home for $2 million look like in your market? Is that custom, semi-custom? I mean, parts of the coast in California, you don't even get air conditioning for that. So it depends what is accurate and appropriate for your market. The more familiar you are, the more likely you are to sell it. This is one reason why agents don't even sell new construction because they think it doesn't exist. That's right. You know, so that's lack of exposure. You can fix that. I'm going to tag on another point. I wrote all these points, but I'm going to write another one. Um, my luck, my uh, real estate brand is not a luxury brand, mm -hmm. okay, or something like that. In other words, your perception is is that the broker you're associated with doesn't have the prestige as a broker that a brokerage brand would require uh, to you know get a listing of a particular house. Now, that is mostly the misperception of a new agent. Anybody who's experienced knows, and I, you know, all of you guys who have got a lot of pride built into your brokerage and your supposed branding, you guys, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. So give me a little bit of levity or a little bit of a, what would be the word? Leeway. Leeway. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, 
It doesn't matter because ultimately people list with people that they know. And so the only thing that really matters is, is you as a listing agent. That's the reason you get the listing. You will or won't get the listing because of you, not because of your brand. And it, you, you listen to some of the interviews I've done with some of the top producing agents in the nation. I always ask them the question, when was the last time they got a you know piece of business, buyer or seller, because of the brand they're associated with? They always laugh because they know that isn't the Never. way it works. So these big legacy real estate brands that have been around forever, that mostly newer agents are fooled into thinking will matter when they when it goes about them building the real estate business. It usually takes them about a year, a year of mostly overpaying commission splits for them to realize mm-hmm. that not one bit of business came from the broker. Not one bit of business came from the association with the brand. Yeah. It all came from them and the sweat, and and the sweat you, of their by brow. By the way, are also the reason you're going to keep the listing long enough to actually sell it. Don't forget that point too which means you will be the reason that it's sold and then you advertise that one thing leads to the next it doesn't you could be some no name realty as long as you're doing a great job then you're fine so don't get stuck with that myth and of course you know agents that have the fancy brands will try and perpetuate that too against them well but that's the excuse right so you might say i'm with a, you know meat and potatoes brand my broker meat is not something that lists a lot of expensive stuff and so you're going to actually talk yourself that's going to be your excuse not to go after that unbelievably cool listing that just expired in that neighborhood you want to aspire to, right? You're going to use that as your excuse not to chase that because, oh, I don't have a a fancy enough brand. I'm here to tell you, I'm going to tell you this again, it does not matter. And you know it doesn't matter in your heart of hearts. When you're in an interview, when you're competing for a listing, very rarely will a seller drill down on whatever brokerage you're with. It just it hardly ever even happens anymore unless you make it a thing. If you're using some sort of canned broker presentation, it's all about the broker, it's not about you, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're never going to get the listing. So you need to learn how to actually sell the services you provide. You need to learn how to sell what your USPs or your unique selling propositions are. If you don't have any, then use the R's that are in the coaching program. That's the whole point of the coaching program. The coaching program is as close to a turnkey real estate practice as you can possibly ever hope to get. And start out by joining the free coaching program. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Or if you want to skip the line and you just want to go to the normal coaching program and you want to just become a premier coaching member now, just text the word HARRIS to 31996 and you'll get priority and we'll call you back right away and we'll help you get into the coaching program. Next point, Julie. All right. So this is what I call the skeptic point and it goes like this. I just can't trust anybody. I can't trust that that's, this is when you guys go searching online, do Facebook surveys to see whether something that, you know, maybe we mentioned on a coaching call is actually true. So it's the skeptic in everyone. I think that it's easy to do that right now in today's, you know, political climate, but not trusting anyone, you know, how healthy is that for you going forward, whether that's in business or personal or social, you've just got to ask better questions, right? So it's okay to maybe be a little bit of a skeptic, but not to the point where it holds you back. What would you add to that? Um, don't trust somebody thing. Well, I mean, but that's another reason to procrastinate, right? Sure it is. It's, you know, here's the thing. I it's, This is true. I've never met a rich skeptic. Well, that's true. It, it, I mean, it, it is handcuffs to moving forward. Right, because you're just looking for reasons to procrastinate. You're always looking for reasons to say no. You're just one of those people that is essentially is always going to try to be right. It's a big ego thing, ultimately. You know, what it really is, is basically it's an ego thing that's wrapped up in your fear of maybe success, maybe failure, who knows what. But it's preventing you from being a service to other people. It's preventing you from 
accepting the fact that you've got to, you know, essentially learn the skills necessary so that enough people are going to want to do business with you. That's the simple equation of life. If you're not getting what you want, if you're not having the, you know, the riches in life, however you define that for yourself, your family, and whoever else you want to take after, it's because you're not simply helping enough people. There's a direct correlation between the money you make and the number of people that you help. That should seem self-evident, right? That should seem incredibly obvious. So if you're not earning enough money, it's not because someone's taking away something from you. It's not because somebody's preventing you from earning it. It's not because of your race, creed, or color. It's not because of your education level, especially in real estate, right? We've talked about that mm-hmm. forever. Um, I mean, there's definitely going to be a, a direct effect on where you live if you live in an area where maybe houses aren't going to be selling as quick or maybe not selling but at all. But even that, there doesn't mean that, that you can fix selling. that, right? But you, you can move. even fix that. You could move. move. I mean, yeah. we did. It so. The moral of the story here is look for the things that you're saying to yourself and actually question whether or not they're true. So, Julie, let's just round the bend at that point. Now, yes. there's there's an interesting um, process. And I know you wrote about this in our book. Like when you're trying to ascertain whether or not something is real or not or it's true mm-hmm. or not. Aren't there three questions? Do you remember? Yeah, you just spring that on me. Um, I think <laughs> that it goes, what is my belief? Uh is why, it true? Why do I believe that to be true? Is it actually true what I'm believing? And who would I be if I dropped that belief? You did it. Good job. You know, out of the caverns comes some of this. I must be caffeinated. Yes. But well, that, you, that, but yeah. that's your filter. That's your question tree. Say those things again. Okay, Do you remember? Okay, so what is it? So you define what it is that I believe. So let's role play this. I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, Fizbos never sell. They're just all overpriced. You know, they're nasty people that hate realtors. Okay. That's, okay, that's go ahead. That's my belief. So I that's had to define belief. the belief. Okay, right. So uh, is it actually true? What's my evidence? Well, you know, I door knocked a Fizbo and they were mean to me. Actually, no, this right. isn't what, the, what they'll say is I was told that. Oh, which is even worse. Right. You know, somebody, uh, somebody said that. Somebody told me that. You know, I had lunch with an agent that, you know, they've been around for a while. Oh, Bob in my office said he knocked on a door in 1977 and the person swore at him. Yeah, you that's, don't want to do that. Only new agents try that. That's all know? the evidence I need. Fizbo's yeah. eat their young. Yeah, right. But that, that's what you're hanging your hat on, really? <laughs> okay, so that's, what, that's why I believe it is because I have some scant piece of non-evidence that was prevailed by somebody that actually has no experience. That by the way, you're choosing to believe so that you actually don't well, have to do what you don't want to do when you don't confirmation bias that you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. So that's the reason you're choosing to believe right. that. Right. You, you kind of want it to be true. You'd rather go and listen to how you can run some new Facebook or Instagram ads, and right. then you won't have some you know you won't have some fear of rejection. Right. Sure. You can play Safer. work. So the the third thing. Okay. So then, uh, who am I because I believe that? Or right. I'm somebody that will never call a Fisbo. I'm mm-hmm. just going to ignore that spoke entirely. I don't I, need that. I'm somebody who will always be dependent on buying leads. I'll be someone who complains because I'm not getting any leads from my and, broker. And I'm also somebody that com- that believes someone that really has no business even remotely giving me advice. I'm somebody that's going to fall victim to that time and time again. I'm somebody who believes that um, basically my success is dependent on what other people are willing to do for me versus what I'm willing to do for myself. I'm going to keep myself in this constant state of dependency opposed to realizing at the end of the day, it's all about basically, again, here it is, fourth time on today's podcast, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. There are no no shortcuts to what all of you guys want. There's long periods of boredom, misery, (laughs) self-flagellation, you know, and that's the reality of it. And you have to learn to master those things that cause you the discomfort because on the other side of that, there's still discomfort. 
I'm not going to lie to you, but it's not as intense. And then you start getting the payoffs. Right. Well, and, and so that brings us full circle. Who am I if I stop believing that? That's right. Oh, crap. Now i got to learn some scripts. Now I've got to actually pick up the phone. Oh, I must come to terms with the fact this is a viable spoke that I should stop ignoring. That feels temporarily stressful to me. You know what? We need to whole show on those four points. You need to write that down. Mm -hmm. Because if you take it through like someone saying, and you see this all the time, I'm not a salesperson. I don't consider myself a salesperson. Salesperson people are yucky. Right. You know, okay, well, let's let's drill down and let's get to where we get to the truth about what how that actually, what the output of having that set of beliefs are. Or, you know, and we're getting to these points in our, uh, the series we're working on now, uh, rich people are evil or more money doesn't make you happy. Or there was a survey I read that said the average person making $75,000 a year, family making $75,000 a year is just as happy, if not more happy than multimillionaires, which by the way, is impossible to be true. Right. Um, so guys, just stay tuned, stay focused, stay drilled down. We're going to continue where we left off today, tomorrow. I didn't realize, Julie, we went so far over the half hour. Oh, That's yeah. okay. That's all right. Unusual for a Monday. I know. You know what it is? We're timing our caffeine input perfectly. <laughs> Must be what it is. <laughs> so, guys, listen, if you want to talk to us about joining our EXP family, please do consider texting me directly at 512 758 0206. In the meantime, thanks for making this and continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast. Thanks for keeping Harris Rules at the top of the book charts on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Anything we can ever do for you guys, please feel free to reach out. Oh, and by the way, yes, we're willing to do Zoom conferences. For your brokerages, we're willing to do Zoom conferences for your teams, wherever and however we can be of service to you guys in this market. That is what we're all about. Um, hey, listen, if you want to listen to our podcast anytime, any there's over 2,000 shows on iTunes, on Stitcher, on just every possible podcast listening widget you can think of. Go ahead and just you know hop on over and listen. Do please consider giving us a five-star review on Amazon and on um, iTunes. Don't give us a wimpy four and a half or a four-star you know, you know you want to, just go ahead and give us a five-star review, especially on iTunes. That helps out a lot with the algorithms, which we always appreciate. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Mm-hmm.